0: Turning well, turn in your Bible this morning to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Romans 8. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 14. The Bible says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself, or as most translations say, himself, he bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Lord, we thank you today as we come in agreement. Lord, that your word is final authority in our life. Lord, we thank you that we'll never be the same. We thank you, Lord, that we purpose in our hearts to be doers of your word and not hearers only. For then we will receive all that you've promised. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the things that we've been sharing along this line for the last couple of weeks, and I believe we'll uh, wrap it up today, but we've been talking about being led by the Spirit of God. The Bible tells us in the New Covenant, we have a superior way of of guidance, We have a superior way of living um, in the wisdom of God, and that's by being led by the Spirit of God. So we should continually be led by the Spirit of God. Now, this is the same Spirit, the self-same Spirit, as Jesus had in His ministry. We don't have an inferior, just like when you go to kids' church, there's no junior Holy Ghost. He's the same Holy Spirit that works in their life. And so we have the same spirit that Jesus had, so we can be led just like Jesus. Now you see how quiet it gets when you say something like that. We can be led just like he was led. Why? Because the Bible tells us in 1 John 2, 6 that we should walk even as he walked. See, there's a disservice in the, in the body of Christ. Now, hear me out when I say this. There's a, the disservice that people say that Jesus walked in a class that was totally different from us. Now, we know he was our substitute, so we can never do that. We know that um, there were certain things that he did as our substitute, but there were certain things he did as our example. And so we're supposed to follow in his steps. So to say that it's unattainable, how can we walk like he did? Okay, if it's unattainable. But I want you to say that, and maybe you have to say it by faith, and that's okay. Say this, I can be led as Jesus was led. Why? Because we have the same Spirit of God. And the reason I say that, people think, well, that was Jesus. He was the Son of God. But Philippians tells us that Jesus set aside his mighty weight and glory and he became a man. He humbled himself even unto death, the death of the cross. So Jesus didn't walk. A lot of people think, well, you know, Jesus could do that. He was the Son of God. Well, Jesus healed to prove he was the Son of God. But if that were true, then he failed miserably in his own hometown because the Bible says, that he could there do no mighty work. Didn't say he wouldn't, but he couldn't. Why? Because the people shut him down. A minister can only do what people allow. Why? Because, you know, I'm not the healer. And if people, by their unbelief, can shut Jesus down, who are we? You know, the servant's not above his master. And so the Bible says that he could do no mighty work except he laid his hands on a few sick people, healed them of minor ailments. You know, maybe an ingrown toenail. Maybe, you know, just uh, uh, their finger was jammed or something like that, which that can be a bad problem, you know. It's not that minor, but... Who's ever jammed their finger? I know John did. It was pretty bad. (laughs) But, you know... Being led by the Spirit of God is not something that's talked about as much, but that's the way God wants us to live our life. See, the Bible tells us that that we are his sheep, the sheep of, of his pasture, a stranger's voice we will not follow. So sometimes even you have to even say by faith many times that I hear his voice, a stranger's voice I won't follow. Well, you know, I just can't seem to get any direction in life. You ever heard that? You know, I just can't seem to be any direction. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm further away from it. Well, see, your words are working against you. You need to let your heart, let your words agree. Hook your believer up to your receiver. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you know, when it comes to being led, don't just talk about what you've experienced, what you feel. Talk what the word says. I'll hear his voice. I, Lord, I'll be in the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. And you know, it's interesting because sometimes when you talk like this, people say, well, you know, you're just trying to be like Jesus. Well, isn't that the goal? I mean, isn't that the, what we're called to be? Is just like Him? You're just trying to be like Him. Who do you think you are? I don't think I'm anybody, but the goal is to be more like Him. Why? Because we are Christians, Christ I ends, and we're to be Just like Him. So I want to just continue this morning and talk about hearing God with accuracy. Hearing God with accuracy. Now how many know, especially after we've talked about this, we're not talking about listening to voices. We're not talking about following voices. It doesn't say as many as follow voices, they're the sons of God. It says as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So... You know, whether you realize this or not, but the difference in losing money or making money is being led. Being protected or not protected is in being led. You know, there was a um, many years ago, and you know, there's more than one of these that has happened. But many years ago, there was a Christian musician and even a minister that I know he, he was privy to some of the things. Because what happens a lot of time is people say, that person was a great person. Why did God, you know, people start pointing fingers. Why did God let that happen? Why did God allow that? Or some people say, why did God do that? Why did God take that person? Well, sometimes take them, they just went home early. Amen. And so this, this guy, he was a Christian singer. For, for days before he had this trip, he had a check. And, and by, you know, by virtue of the fact of a witness who was there. His wife had a check about it. So anyway, so you say, why didn't he listen? Why didn't you listen? We've all had times where we didn't listen to the Spirit. Have you ever done something that said, I knew I shouldn't have done that? Or I knew I should have done that. So here, this, this man was going to take a trip. The, the morning of, they go there. The little boy, if he's not getting on that plane, is he? Well, yeah, you know, he's going. Well, doesn't he know it's going to tr- tr- uh, crash into that mountain? Five minutes later, it crashed into a mountain. So there's, there's times we listen and there's times we didn't listen. Thank God for the mercy of God for the times when we, when we did not listen, but, but he spared us anyway. And so we have to learn to take heed and to listen. So we, we spoke along this line a couple weeks ago that the number one way he speaks to us is the more sure way, which is the word of God, the Bible. Always put the word first. And I know that's a broken record with me. But, but then in connection with that, once you have that in place, the number one way he's going to lead you is through the witness. Everyone say the witness. So every Christian has the witness. And so the Bible tells us he bears witness with our spirit, not our mind, not our, our physical body, but with our spirit. So that's why we have to become more spirit conscious conscious, than we are body conscious, than we are mind conscious. And, you know, we didn't really get into this, and I'm not going to get into it today, but the Bible says this phrase repeatedly in the book of Acts. You'll see it in the book of Acts chapter 15 when they had the council of Jerusalem and they were deciding whether people should be circumcised or not. I mean, can you imagine people going back under the law? Can you imagine people answering an altar call to be circumcised again? (laughs) And so here they're trying to decide this, and so they go on talking about it, and their answer was this, it seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost. How did they come to the the realization that this was the way, that this is what they should have done? They came to the realization it seemed good. You know, that's actually spirit. That's your your spirit. It seemed good. Have you ever just known, man, it seems like I should do this. It seems like I should go this way. Pay attention to that. Or it seems like I shouldn't do this. Boy, I just have a, a bad feeling about this. People call it vibes. They call it all kind of things. (laughs) People, you know, karma this or whatever. But when you feel a check, you have a check on the inside, then pay attention to that. So that's why, as a believer, be more spirit conscious. That I am a spirit being. I'm not just a mind. And If I pray, and the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, My spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. So when I pray in tongues, <clears throat> that's not just my mind praying, that's my spirit praying. You know, I've relayed this before, but there has been people that have been in a hospital and they're unable to talk, unable to use their vocal cords, cannot say a word in English, but they can pray in tongues because it comes out of their spirit. Sometimes there's a, a mind connection that, that something had that happened. Maybe someone had a, a nerve damage, things like that. They can't speak But they can speak in tongues. (coughs) Why am I? Because it's the Holy Spirit within that's giving you the utterance. It better be described as an impression. Have you ever just thought, I mean, you you, you think to yourself, how did I know that? I never thought it up. Well, it's an impression of the Spirit. It's something, and we're going to look at that in a minute, impressions of the Spirit. But that's how he leads us. It could also be said like this, a co-witness. A co-witness. So, you know, if you're thinking about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right or should I go left? Should I go right? No, that, that seems like you, you start praying about it. You start thinking about it. And you just feel like, boy, that just doesn't seem right. Well, you start to think, okay, should I go left? You have a little bit of a leading there. You have a little bit of witness. As you pray more and more about it, for lack of better, where you, you feel better about it. What is that? that's the witness. That's the Holy Spirit. Now see, I I know this sounds, I know people are looking at me right now because people are so used, want me to do this, then you do that. Lord, if you want me to, to go there, then have three white cars come by in the next five minutes. Well, you know, in Dickinson, there's a lot of them. Lord, if you want me to do that, have my parakeet sing to me. Lord, if you have my dog sing. (coughs) Well, we know that that animals can talk in the old covenant. God can use anything. But you have it to do something. But then you have someone else living on the inside who bears witness with you. This is the way. Walk in it. Can you say amen? The Bible says in Romans 9 verse 1, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. My conscience bearing me witness. And so, actually, when you say the word conscience, it's actually the voice of your spirit. That's why you always want to obey your spirit. Always keep a clean conscience, a clear conscience. Why? Because that's the voice of the snow that the greatest things that ever happened have happened because of following this witness. I remember back in the last century, we were in, um, I was getting ready. Well, actually, when I graduated high school, 30 years this year. I know I don't look that old, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) 30 years ago, we... um, I was, I was graduating high school, and I was going go to go to the University of Alabama with a music scholarship. Now, it wasn't much then, especially nowadays. It was $1,000. Back then it was like $1,000. Now it's like 5000 So So $1,000 just kind of pays a little bit. of It's the, the, like chump change, you know. But I, but I had this scholarship. But I had a, a feeling on the inside that, boy, I just didn't want to go to the school. And it just made no sense for me not to, because I had, I was going to major in music and, and things like that, and my I was looking at doing either like a maybe solo career or in like, or being like in a symphony orchestra or something like that. And so, um, anyway, I just felt like, man, I just so gave my life to the Lord. And so, as I'm in the church and I took a year off from school, I knew that, um, then I knew, Lord, you, you were, brought me into fellowship with you. And then I had a witness. I was going to go to another school. I auditioned there. And it wasn't much more money, a little bit more. It was three music scholarships they threw in. And uh, anyway, they, they, um, my mom and I were going to church, of course. I had the, the pastor of the church. Now, in this time, I'm immersing myself in the Bible. I'm immersing myself. You know, people watching ministers flowing in the anointing of God. Every day, we'd watch Benny Hinn in the morning, and just the presence of God, just like, just, no better word, just zap you. You know, you're just like, man, the, you're, getting, you're getting used to that. And then also the Word of God just pumped in to your life. Jerry Savelle, Jesse DePlantis, uh, Kenneth Copeland, uh, Brother Hagan later on, and, and different ones. And so as, uh, Joyce Meyer, you know, I'm listening to this on the radio every day. So as I'm doing that, the Lord's feeding my spirit. We went, in April of that year, we went to see Phil Driscoll um, in a church in Panama City, Florida. He said, we'll, um, I want to make it available. If you want to go to Bible school, I'll pay your way to go to Rhema, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I said, okay, thanks. And that was all I thought about it. <laughs> Why? Because I had my plan on what I was going to do. And then here, um, that was May, I mean April, fast June to the school. And um, it was about three hours away. And nothing that day worked. Have you ever just like banged your head against the wall and you realize after a while, Lord, maybe you're telling me something here. and um, But nothing worked, nothing seemed right. I felt like I was... You know, it'd be like you going out and, and, and taking some cow dung and putting And you're like, man, spit that out. Get rid of it. That's the way I felt in my spirit that day. I was settling for so less than what God wanted me. I didn't know what it meant, though. You know, you can, and we'll look at this in a minute, you can have a right impression of the spirit, but put your own interpretation on what that means. All I knew is I felt on the inside like, ugh, about something. And so many times the Lord will use that. You would stay where you are, wouldn't you? But if you begin to be dissatisfied, as a believer, you begin to pray. Lord, why am I so dissatisfied? It's like Brother Hagin says, it's like washing your feet with your socks on. You know something's not right, and you know I can't figure out what's wrong. It's just something's not right. So anyway, we, um, this was on a Tuesday, but the Sunday before, after church, I was talking to the pastor, said, hey, I wanted to make that available to you again. Have you thought about it? I said, no, but, you know, I'm going to this college on Tuesday. And uh, he said, okay. And this is about the 15th of June, somewhere there. And so I said, um, I said, okay. So anyway, fast forward to that Tuesday. My mom and I went to this college. And, um, oh, it just felt like, yeah, Later on, my mom who was a, you know, she was a spiritual lady, and anyway, she said, I couldn't wait to get out of there, it was, she said it was so oppressive in there, and, uh, but anyway, I just like, boy, we looked at apartments, and all that just didn't work, and I said, hey, do you mind if we just leave, and I thought she was gonna be mad at me, and she said, let's go, so I did, we let, we went up to, to Birmingham there, and I did what I knew to do, I went to a music store, and just spent an hour or so, and And I'm getting some, uh, looking for some recordings and stuff. And that's the day when you shopped inside of a music store, you know. Nowadays, that doesn't exist. But um, anyway, I'm saying all that to say this. On the way back, the only thing I could think of was go to Rhema. Go to Rhema. Go, Go talk to your pastor about that. I just had a witness on the inside. First of all, I had a witness that the other was not it. But I had this witness that I should go do it. And so that's how the Lord met, he led me. And this was in June, September. I'm living in Oklahoma. And so it happened very quickly. We loaded everything I had in a 15-passenger van. Someone that, um, you know, it's, it's just amazing how the Lord, when you start doing things, when you make the decision, you don't have to know how it's going to work. You just make the decision, and, and God starts orchestrating things. We had this lady. Now, I'll be honest. When I was new in the things of God, and when she started prophesying over me, I thought, oh, boy. You know, and she started speaking in tongues. I mean, and she was from a – she did not come to our church, but just every once in a while. I think she went to a Baptist church, but she was full of the Holy Ghost. So she and her husband uh, sowed that for that trip ripped all the seats out there, put, put my bed, put my dresser, put everything in there. Now you, t- I'm talking about someone that's going to get a harvest. They may be already going to be with the Lord, but the Lord's going to reward them for that because they sowed big time. Anything you give for the kingdom of God, you'll never lose your reward. <clears throat> so I went to Bible school, graduated 1995, went back to uh, the church. I'd, well, actually, I had never been to this church. My mom and um, she started going to a different church. In the process of time, I went to this church. And um, anyway, I, I felt led to start ushering, start, start putting my hand to the plow. Then in the process of time, I got involved with the music ministry, was involved in the music ministry for several years. The music minister stepped down. The pastor came up to me, he said, hey, um, music minister's leaving Pray about, um, you know, being, doing this. I said, okay. I said, I'll pray about it. He comes back a couple weeks ago. He said, quit praying and just do it. So anyway, I said, okay, I will. Why? Because I knew that that's what I should do. And so I did that for eight months in uh, 2004. And so we're just talking about being led by the Spirit. He takes you step by step. But see, you have to start. If you don't take a step, if you don't start, then... You'll never get down the path. And so in 2004, July of 2004, a friend of mine, who's like 20 years older than I, he, he and I were going to go to one of Pastor Rodney's meetings. The first time I had been to Tampa was 2002. Now, I had seen Pastor Rodney back when I was at Rama. He came there. He came to our church in Alabama where he had the vision to go to New York, um, Madison Square Garden. That was in 1998, February. So I was familiar with his ministry for almost 30 years now. But he, um, this friend of mine came, he showed up. And it was a miracle of God that he showed up when he did because he's always notoriously late. He's knocking on my door, and I don't even remember getting up to open the door. He said, all right, let's go. So we drove down to Tampa. Long story short, I, I met my wife that night to be. And so then we were... Industry for for a season, and just you know, felt learning through there. You know, I, I was involved. But what if we had never? What if I had never taken the step to go to Bible school? See, every little step of obedience leads into another step. Hallelujah. And so, just following that witness. You know, none of that happened because I had a vision. Or I had a dream. I mean, maybe that would have been good, supernatural. But it was just, you know, sometimes you think in your mind, Lord, if I would not have done this, I would never be in the place that I am now. But the Lord knew that you were, you would listen to him. And if he needed to do something more supernatural, then he would have. But he knew that you would obey him. But, you know, I remember hearing a story in this um. I may have shared this one or two weeks ago but it doesn't matter you need to hear it again and uh, this this guy he was he was preaching he was in um, he actually worked at the Kenneth Hagin Ministries was one of my Bible instructors and he said he was in the healing school one day and he said at the same time a lot of his friends and we're talking about the early 80s he said a lot of his friends were getting prophecies and he said boy that that sure is neat you know it's like, man, I, I wish I had one of those. He said, I wasn't getting any of those. And he said, um, he was in healing school one day. And just, he had been thinking that 10 minutes before. 10 minutes later, later Brother Hagan walks around. And of course, you know, he operated as a te- prophet and teacher. So he just stands in front and says, you know, a lot of people are wondering why they don't get a special word from the Lord. He said, I just look straight ahead and said, yeah, some people think that, don't they? You know, because he was the one very, 10 minutes before that was thinking that. He said, there's, he said, rejoice if you're not getting a special word. He said, rejoice if you're not getting one. He said, there's a couple of reasons why the Lord would have someone to speak to you. And the first thing he said, number one, because people are dull of hearing. I don't want God to have to speak to me because I'm dull of hearing. Maybe he's been speaking to someone over and over, but they're not picking it up in their spirit. So he would have someone to come speak to you. And then number two, you know, that can happen also because there's rough sailing ahead. Who's ever had rough sailing? So what what God is doing is saying, okay, this, and so he'll he'll speak a special word. But we also know that the devil, he comes for that word, doesn't he? He'll come for that word. And so Paul said this. He talked about fighting a warfare with the prophecies that went before him. You have to fight with the prophecies that were given. Why? Because the devil, once the devil hears that, he's like, oh, uh, let's see about this. You know, and he's going to try to come and take that. So that's why he says fight a good fight of faith. Fight with the words of prophecy that were given. And so rejoice if you're not hearing something. That means either you're not dull of hearing and, and you're listening to the Holy Spirit or there's no seemingly big storms ahead of you. So just rejoice. <laughs> and so that we don't have good counsel. We, I mean, I'm open to good counsel from those that, that are in the Lord, that are above me in the Lord, as the Bible says. And God can speak to you through anybody. It's amazing sometimes that, how... Someone can be talking to you, but they don't know they're talking to you. You know, through the Spirit. And so the Lord can be answered a question through the most unseeming person. And so sometimes you have to just go home, just fall on your bed and repent and say, Lord, you were, <laughs> you were talking to me. But the thing is, in the New Covenant, is we are led internally, not externally. What does that mean? Don't put out a fleece. Lord, if you want me to do this, you do that. He may confirm something, but we are still led from within. You know, people say this. And I think in my ignorance, you know, I've prayed this before too, many, many years ago. Lord, open the door. Lord, if you want me to do that, open the door. Well, we should be sensitive enough to the Lord that where even if we look at something and it looks closed, Say, Lord, do you want me to go through that door? You know, it may have bars and chains on it. Lord, do you want me to go through that? And so you just go through that door. You can have, and this is the bigger temptation, something can look really good and the door looks like it's wide open. It can also be an opportunity. You know, there's many opportunities that can come, may come your way, but that's not a leading. And so you still have to pray about that. Even if something, Lord, that looks good. Well, you still don't just, you know, barrel through there. You, you just pray about it. Say, Lord, is that what you want me to do? Amen. So we're talking about being led from within and not from without. Don't be led by needs. Well, we need to do this. That's why the Bible says, when in our giving, it says, God loves a cheerful giver. We don't give just because there's a need. We give because we want to be a blessing and we love God. Hallelujah. So I want you to turn over to Acts chapter 20. That we are led from within. <clears throat> Acts chapter 20. In verse 22. Paul says this, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem. I go bound, look at that language, I go bound in the Spirit. You know, God's making me do something. We might say it like this, I've got to go. See, the Holy Ghost would never force you to do anything. He'll just always make you do anything. You know, I just wish the Holy Ghost would take me over. Well, he's not a demon. Demons take people over. Demons force people. Demons control people. But the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. We have to learn to yield to him. He says, I'm going to Jerusalem, bound to the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Everywhere. Now, how would you like to have that, that witness? Chains, I'm going to jail. And so, you know he had a couple of different witnesses here. Number one, he had this compelling to go to Jerusalem, but then he also had this compelling. <clears throat> I mean, he had this from the Holy Ghost witnessing that trouble and afflictions are awaiting me. Now, many commentary commentators, theologians think that this was one of the only places that Paul missed it. But well, I'm going to show, you and so not miss it, it or. It God that he went the direction he did. Cuz see here's what people think. They don't realize we have been redeemed from sick, from sickness. A lot of people haven't got that yet. But we, even if even if I stand up here and have a little sniffle, that's not the will of God. The will of God is I'm perfectly healed, whole, strong, without sickness, without infirmity. I have been redeemed from poverty. I've been redeemed from spiritual death, but I haven't been redeemed from all kinds of suffering. Now, that's what we just said. We've been redeemed from that. So you cannot suffer for Jesus' sake suffering sickness. You can't suffer being poor. Redeemed from... You can suffer through persecution. That all those that live godly in Christ Jesus... They'll never have any trouble. What does it say? It says, "All those in Christ Jesus that will live godly shall suffer persecution." Pe- the devil won't like you. People won't like you. But that doesn't change anything. People aren't, you know, kind of set. So if you're not a little con- persecution, I'd be a little concerned. You know, being a reproach, I'm just saying you living for God, you living for Jesus, you lifting up the name of Jesus, you being on fire. It should make some people mad. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, the Bible tells us that, that he was told, I'm going to show you all the things that you're going to suffer for my name's sake. Now, a lot of people would probably resign the ministry right there. But especially in our day and age because everything is about comfort. I mean, there's a hot that to me on comfort and being comfortable. I mean, I know going to Bible school. That was not comfortable. It's the first time made the first time I'd ever been away from home more than a week. I was 19 years old. Maybe one other time, a couple weeks. I don't know. But you know, I was a homebody pretty much weeks until my dad came and blessed me with a car. Well, I paid a dollar for it, but and he, he said keep the dollar. So that was a You know, I didn't have much money at that time. And so, I mean, I remember getting there. And I remember my first year of school, I quit working um, this little temporary job. Now, when I'm talking about night, people don't even know what that means. I remember I thought, man, when I I got a raise to like $5.40 working at this grocery store in Bible school, man, I was like, that's living high on the hog there, you know. But but anyway, it wasn't always comfortable. I remember I got down to eight dollars. I mean, I, I did lose some weight, but you know the Lord was faithful to me. I ne- I never went without. I never I never had to go to the admissions office and say you know I, I can't can't make it. That that pastor they they sent that check faithfully every month. <coughs> but it's it's sometimes it's hard on your flesh. Why? Because your flesh doesn't like Gethsemane. Your flesh doesn't like to, what do you mean sacrifice? (laughs) You know, you just start to pray if you say, okay, if if you want your flesh to start talking, just say, okay, we're going to get down here and we're going to pray for two hours. Well, your flesh will give you fits. Your mind will give you fits. You know, there's all these other things I could be doing right now. You know, didn't we see some fried chicken in the fridge today? You know, I think we need to go take care of this. You know, if you, if you forget something, just start praying in tongues and you'll have a remembrance of everything that you need to do. But there's things that you're going to have to press through in life. And like we said, we're not talking about suffering lack. We're not talking about suffering the curse. We've been redeemed from the curse. But look at here in verse 24. But none of these things, he says, move me. You know, I've had to use that in my own life many times. No matter what I'm going through, none of these things move me right now. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear to myself. So I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received with the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So to Paul, it was not even an issue. And then I want you to turn over to Acts 21. I hope you got just a few minutes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Miss Rosemary. Acts chapter 21. And it came to pass that after we were gotten from them and had launched, we came with a straight course unto Koas and the day following unto Rhodes and from thence unto Patera. And finding a ship sailing over into Phoenicia, we went aboard and set forth. Now when we had discovered Cyprus, we left it on the left hand and sailed into Syria and landed at Tyre. For there the ship was to unlaid her burden. Verse 4. And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, who said to Paul through the Spirit, about being led by the Spirit. Notice when he got there, the Bible says disciples. We would say Christians. We would say believers in the Lord. Who came to Paul and said to him through the Spirit that he should not go to Jerusalem. Now, where was Paul determined to go this whole time? Jerusalem. But here he gets there and these disciples say, hey, don't go up there, Paul. You're going to have some trouble. And then if you skip down, look at verse, um, actually before you go there, the Amplified says this, where it says, who said to Paul through the Spirit? It said, prompted by the Spirit. The Williams translation says this, because of impressions Made by the Spirit. Because of impressions that the Spirit of God had given them, they said, don't go, Paul. But look at verse 10. See, this is where we're talking about. Some people think that Paul missed it. Verse 10, and as we tarry there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet. Now, see, this is not just a, a, a layman in the in the you know, what we call a lay person in the church. This is not just some person that we have that's a disciple. This is a prophet. And he says, uh, his name was Agabus, and when he was coming to us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, thus saith the Holy Ghost. So shall the Jews of Jerusalem buy the man that owns this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So, let me ask you this question. Did Agabus... He did not. He says, through this... He says, thus saith the Holy Ghost, this is what's going to happen to the man that owns this. All that he said was, this is what's going to happen. He never told him, do not or go up or do go. So he just said what Paul said, that he should not go up. So what happened is they picked it up in their spirit as well. What the Holy Ghost was saying was going to happen, and then they put their own interpretation on it. See, Agabus didn't do that. He didn't put his own interpretation on it. Oh, Paul, don't go. He just said, this is what's going to happen to this man, and that was it. They had the same thing in their spirit. This is what's going to happen, and so then they But You don't want to get hurt. See, that's what can happen to us today. We put our own interpretation on something. But see, not long after this, Paul was in jail and Jesus appeared to him. He said, said, Paul, just like you've shared my name, you must also share it in Rome also. I think that would have been a good time that he would have rebuked him if he ghosted. I mean, Paul even said this. We have trouble on every side. Who's ever had trouble on every side? He said, he said we're, we're persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not cast out. Knocked down, but not knocked out. So Agabus, who had a lot of experience in the spirit, he didn't put his own interpretation on it. He just said what the Holy Ghost was saying. And these disciples, they also picked something up, but said, Paul, don't go there. And so Paul, he just said, hey, why, why are you trying to break my heart? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to die for the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So don't ever add to what the Lord's saying to you. Don't take away from what the Lord's saying to you. See, there's going to be times in your life that you're going to have a witness about something, but you're not going to know all the details. There's a lot of times God's left in hand that you're glad that you didn't know all the details sometimes. You know, go, go, go to Tampa. Go to here. Go to, to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. For what? That's all you've got. Go into the city and it shall be told what, what shall be The Lord said to him, it said, go and lay hands on, on, on Saul. For behold, he prayeth. That's all it said. Saul in a vision. But if you read later, when he appears to Paul, he said that the Lord Jesus with the Holy Ghost. Undoubtedly, he must have told him on the way. Why? Because he witnessed that to him. He said, not only lay hands on him for that, but lay hands on him that he'd be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And then turn over to Philippians 4. We'll we'll finish over here. Philippians chapter 4. We have to learn to obey the leadings of God, not even knowing the outcome. At some point in their life, that's what we did with this church. That's not knowing where we're going to go. Paul said, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, except I know bonds and afflictions are waiting for me. Philippians chapter 4. And let's look in verse 14. And I'm going to say this, and it's not for things, but any other reason, but just teaching, but one of the ways that we can be led is in our giving as well. See, I knew it was going to get quiet when you say things like that. We have to be led in our giving. The Lord will prompt you. And if you haven't had it, you just, you haven't walked long enough with it, but he'll prompt you, give this, sow this, do this right now. Why? Because he knows that you need a harvest. He knows something. 14, Set you up for something greater, notwithstanding you have well done that you did communicate with my afflictions. Now you Philippians know that also in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Well, God must have led them to give to to Paul's ministry to support him. But the Bible talks about all these other churches he established too. Did the Lord not speak to them? See, it's one thing to know, but it's another thing to do. So you had to learn to obey the leadings. And a lot of these things you'll just learn by trial and error. And so, receiving. So it's not just giving, it's also you receiving as well. You have to learn to reap. Don't just say, well, you know, I'm a good giver, but I- I'm not a good receiver. You had to learn how to receive as well. <laughs> I know there was an individual, I won't tell you who it is. All right. But this, well, this person was in ministry, and so we were, we were going to bless this person. And, uh, you know, sometimes when people say, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a giver, but I'm, I'm a bad receiver. Well, there's a lot more pride there than people want to know. Have you ever tried to twist, had to twist someone's arm for them to receive $10? And we just wanted to be a blessing. This is a brother. And so we said, hey, you know, we're going to be a blessing. We were in a grocery store, so my wife said, Go, go get a hundred bucks right now. So I, and we got a hundred dollars out of the ATM. Went and found this person. said, Hey, want to be a blessing? Oh, actually, this person had left. They, that quick, they'd already gone. We've, we sent it to Needs It. They sent it back. Said, Give it to someone. And that person's a pastor. Are you a good receiver? Let me ask you this. Are you a good, are you a giver? But are you a good receiver? And so here, these people communicate with Paul in giving and receiving. I believe that they were led to give. And so, and I'm not, I'm not happy to give today. We already took up the offering. So just, just relax. <laughs> There's times he'll lead you to go, hey, go, go do this. go, Go get involved with that. You know, I thank God the many times that, just relating back to the the night I met my wife, there's been other times where the Lord told me, go to that meeting. Be in that meeting. That's all you have. You just, you have an impression of the Spirit to obey that. But when you do that, what you do is you find yourself in the right place at the right time. I think about that. What if I had just stayed home? You know, I'm, I'm real tired and, I'm just going to stay home. Well, I would have missed out. Amen. So the thing we have to realize is our obedience is always going to affect other people. Never underestimate your little act of obedience to others, to bless them, to encourage them. And that's what the Lord will do many times. And here, it doesn't have to be a fanfare. The Lord can have you speak to somebody an encouraging word. And you don't have to get up and say, thus saith the Lord, you're discouraged. You know, thus saith the Lord, things are going bad in your life. I mean, just prophesy the obvious. But you go to somebody and say, hey, you know what? The, the Lord, such and such. The, and you encourage people. And then you just say, you know what? I just want to be a blessing to you. And you give them a hundred bucks. So you get really quiet when you start talking like that. But we're talking about being led of the Spirit. And as you do that, the more you do it, you know what happens? You get better at it. The more you listen to the Holy Ghost, hey, spend an extra 20 minutes in prayer. The more you listen to that and you obey that, what's going to happen is you're going to get sharper. You're going to get keener in the Spirit. You know, it's just like when you're as a musician. The more you do it, the better you get. The more you step out, the better you get. The more you are led by the Spirit, the sharper it should be. And I believe I'm looking at some people in here that are going to get it just like this. More and more, you'll be able to discern what's God, what's just me, you know, what's the devil, being led by the Spirit. So everyone say this with me. I will be led by the Holy Spirit. I will be aware of my own spirit. And his communication with me. I won't seek a voice. I will seek after his witness. And I will follow the word and the witness. The word and the witness. Hallelujah. Come on, just thank the Lord for it. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for the witness of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that you lead us and you guide us every step of the way. And Lord, I just pray that every person under the sound of my voice will be more sensitive to the Holy Ghost, to the leadings, uh, and to the, the unction of the Spirit. Hallelujah.